Well, praise the Lord. Once again, Pastor Jerry Roberts coming to you in your living room, in your vehicle, whatever, uh, you know, however you're watching or listening, praise God. Again, we're always honored that uh, you're connecting with us, uh, listening and watching. Uh, it's always a privilege to, you know, to speak the Word of God. And so we, we never counted a small thing to, uh, to be able to connect with people with the Word and, and when they want to connect and, and draw from it. So we're, we're excited about that. Um, you know, we are, uh, I guess, some of the stuff with the coronavirus thing starting to, they're loosening up on a few things and allowing a few uh, more things happen. And so little by little, we're opening things up as they kind of give us their little guidelines. And for those that don't know, um, they still put it uh, tight enough here that we really can't do anything uh, in the, the church because we just, to run a service, it, we, we'd already exceed the amount of people that they recommend that we can do. And plus all the other things, a lot of times people don't know all the other things that they put on us. Uh, you know, the stuff with uh, making sure everything stays uh, clean and, and uh, sanitized and uh, the, the spacing that you got to have and masks, all the kind of things that they're putting on everybody. They're not allowed to hand out anything. So, so I'm just telling you that the reason that we're doing it the way we're doing it still is because of some, still some of the guidelines. Now, I'm not liking that, no different than probably many of you are. And there's a lot of this I think was uncalled for and unnecessary. I'm just going to say that. Um, but uh, here we are, you know. So we, we do our best to try to meet the need uh, best way we can and uh, come to you and with the word. We're doing all kinds of things. We're, of course, doing daily uh, posts out there, connects, uh, try to connect with you and keep you informed of what's going on. We're doing, uh, you know, a, a video for the midweek service, a video for uh, the Sunday service. We also got prayer meetings going on uh, in-house. We've got now all of our studies are now open in-house, uh, even some outreach things. Um, we're also doing, uh, you know, on, when the weather permits, we do drive-up service on Sunday. Even though we're still putting out a video, we're still trying to connect with everybody, all right? Now, the reason I say all that is this, all right? Please hear me. Uh, this is your pastor's heart, okay? Um, a lot of people saying, well, why don't we this? Why don't we that? And all that kind of stuff. I'm with you, pastor. Whatever you want to do, let's storm the gates of hell and, uh, you know, uh, tyranny. We're gonna, uh, come on. We're, let's, well, let me just say some things to you, okay? Here's the deal, all right? I put out stuff every week, all right? I've got all kinds of things here, and i got people telling me that you're with me, but you don't ever show up to some of these events. You don't... Uh, uh, you know, come to the prayer meetings, watch my posts or my videos or, or read our posts. I'm telling you, listen, if you're with us, then connect with us, all right? Connect with us. Some people are saying we're with you, but there's no support, okay? Some of you haven't got behind the church and, and supported it. We still got a ministry to run. We still got a building, uh, a lease and, and, and upkeep and utilities and all the things that we do. We're still running things uh, down here, so I got staff to pay. Now, I'm just saying all this because I'm finding out that a lot of times people don't realize what all goes into all this, all right? And uh, you need to understand, amen, that if you're with us, then be with us. Connect with us every way we can, amen. We're doing all this trying to stay connected to you, all right? And that's why we're doing this kind of thing. And I just... Uh, you know, I don't want anybody, uh, you know, I understand sometimes talking these things, the ones that need to probably hear it ain't hearing it and seeing it. And I get that. But, but maybe those that are watching and listening, you know, maybe you're kind of hearing my heart on this thing. All right. You know, I hear a lot of excuses. 
all right, a lot of things. And listen, I'm not down on anybody. I love you, man. I mean, we're, we're getting just a few months away of going into 30 years of, of senior pastor of this ministry and 35 years of ministry total. And so we're here. We're, we love you. We're, we're, we're here to make this thing work, all right? But a lot of times I hear things. You know, people say, well, pastor, you know, I had a job. I had clients I had to connect with. I had, uh, you know, family things. Somebody came over. I had... Uh, you know, go out hobbies. I'm going to go out in, in the lake or whatever. I'm going to this. I'm going to that. You know, some people, I, in fact, I just heard, you know, I got honeydew list. Well, okay, I, I get all that. I'm not against any of that, okay? Uh, but understand that when, uh, you know, especially if you're looking at me and saying, you know, let's storm the gates of hell, then remember, all right, to give up or to sacrifice something or to lay something down, uh, you know, it's, it's a serious business. So if you're asking me to do that, I'm asking you to do that, all right? So if you believe in us, get behind us, support what's going on, amen? I'd love to see it, some of these things that we're doing, some of these things that we do have available for you, I'm encouraging you to come be a part of it. And uh, so anyway, I just uh, want to just share that with you. Uh, you know, there's a lot of other things I want to say, but I think for right now that's, that's, that's good enough. But I encourage you, uh, stay connected, keep watching, keep listening, praise God. And for that, we call you blessed. Jesus name. Well, praise the Lord. Once again, here we are in a midweek service, been talking about our patriarchs of faith and uh, we're going to do the same thing. So let's maybe just kind of jump into our key verse and it's out of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11 again, praise the Lord. Now all these things happen to them as examples, talking about the children of Israel in context. And they were written for our admonition or instruction or teaching upon whom the ends of the ages have come. In other words, basically what it's letting it be known is that these are principles that we can learn from their life that will always be principles that we need to know. And of course, in context, uh, in fact, we even brought some things out, I think, on the Sunday service uh, with the same text. And uh, just that some of the things in their life, we were learning from some of the negatives, okay, some of the things that they did by opening up the door for the enemy to get in there and, uh, and to, you know, basically our, our ex an example to you and me is that, you know, we don't want to do those same things and open up the door and let the enemy in. So anyway, that's kind of what's being said here uh, in, in context. Now, we, we've taken the time over the last, uh, you know, several months here uh, looking at different individuals. We've looked at everybody from Joshua, David, Abraham, uh, Daniel, Gideon, Caleb, uh, Moses, Joseph. And last week, <clears throat> we, uh, we talked about Nehemiah. Now, this week, I'm going to talk about Enoch, okay? And so, with that said, we're going to go to Hebrews. We'll start in Hebrews 11. And I may spend most of my time there in Hebrews 11, but I am going to jump into Genesis here, too. So, uh, Hebrews 11, please. And let's read um, verse 5 and 6. And it says, By faith, Enoch, so by faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. All right, so let's, let's read, go back up top of verse 5 again. By faith, Enoch. Okay, so 
So I just like this whole text, all their patriarchs of faith, faith that are mentioned here, they said they did it by faith. Well, what does that mean? Well, uh, the Greek word pistis, okay, which means a belief or confidence or persuasion, conviction, okay, but it means a reliance or a dependence or an assurance upon, okay, where we get our word trust, okay. In fact, the Old Testament, you know, for the New Testament word faith, the Old Testament word is trust, all right. Uh, so what you're seeing here is that by his reliance or his dependence or assurance or trust in God, okay, it says he offered to God, oh, pardon me, uh, verse 5, he was taken away, talking about Enoch, so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, the word said this, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Okay, so let's talk about that for a minute, all right? So a testimony just means uh, to give or to be a witness, uh, means to provide evidence or proof of or to bear record of. So what we see is his life then shown evidence or proof or bore record of, okay? And the word pleased here means to satisfy or to gratify ent entirely, Okay. It means to bring enjoyment or to please well, okay? So uh, what he's talking about here, to please God, uh, you know, is to entirely satisfy the heart of God is what it brings out here. It's not about earning God's love or trying to uh, gain His acceptance, okay? That's not what it's talking about, okay? But it's talking about pleasing Him. And what we're finding out with Enoch's life, and we're going to see through this, is what pleased God was his relationship that he had with God, okay? He communed with God. Uh, you know, he had, uh, you know, he had a, a walk with God, okay? And so I want, I want to bring that out, and then we're going to kind of come back to this and go through this, and I want to show you something, hopefully give you something uh, fresh and new, amen, in this, all right? So let's go to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 5, please. Praise the Lord. And let's look at Enoch a little bit. There's only a few verses that talk about him, but it brings some things out. Okay, so Genesis chapter 5, please. All right. Genesis 5. And I'm going to go to verse 21. We'll just read the few verses here. It just says, Enoch lived uh, 65 years and begot Methuselah. And after he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. And so after, uh, pardon me, so all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And it says, ver verse 24, And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Okay, so he, you know, he's talking and communing with God, fellowship with God, and then just one day he just translated, taken up uh, to heaven. He did not experience a normal uh, death that a person on planet Earth would experience. So he was just taken up. Okay, now that's, that's a key, but that's something we're going to talk about here in a minute. All right, but it says here, the key in here, verse 22 says, he walked with God. He walked with God. Okay, so uh, let's look at that. Okay, so what's it mean to walk with God? Halak is the Hebrew word, and it means to be conversant. Okay, so he kept company or association with conversation, kept conversation. Actually, if you look it up, it literally brings out small talk, okay? So what 
Enoch did is he communed with God constantly, fellowshiped with God, all right, carried on conversation back and forth on a consistent basis. A lot of our patriarchs of faith uh, were mentioned as ones that walked with God, this halak, this same Hebrew word, okay? People like Noah did this, okay, the Scripture says. Abraham did this, okay? Uh, David did this. Also, uh, it's what Adam, it started in the very beginning with Adam, okay? In fact, let's back up a couple chapters here real quick. Um, and I'm not going to have time to really go into all this, uh, but it, it at least bring some things to light here, okay? Because of where we got to go, you know, we've, um, we've been talking about, you know, uh, with our patriarchs of faith, just different things that we can glean from each one of them, some good, some bad, some ugly. You know, of course, I've said that before many times. Um, but each one of these men, you know, when he, when, he, when he says something, and it wasn't just men, it was men and ladies both, but uh, the men that we've mentioned, um, you know, by faith, you know, they did something great. There was something that they did through their confidence, their trust in God, their reliance upon God, um, you know, their, uh, their convictions, okay, they followed through with something. As a result, it becomes a great example to you and me, okay? And so Enoch was no different, okay? So now back here, let's look at where this kind of thing starts with Adam, and what we see kind of really, uh, you know, kind of after, this is about the time, you know, when the fall happened, okay? So verse 8 of chapter 3, so Genesis 3 and verse 8, okay, and it says this, and they heard the sound, literally means the word sound there, in fact, your cross-reference will even say it, uh, it's the word voice, okay? Okay, so keep that in mind. So they heard, talking about Adam and Eve, heard the voice of God, okay? And it said walking, which is that same word, halak, okay, in the garden. Okay, in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, which is key also, okay, uh, from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden, okay, and that's responsibilities, activities, that's what that kind of represents, all the things that they were supposed to take care of, okay, now they're hiding amongst it all, okay, which is a whole sermon in itself right there. But uh, let's take a look at this. So here it is, the voice of God, okay, is there. Uh, you know, walk, he said, walking in the garden in the cool of the day, okay? All this is significant because God just came to do what He always did with, with Adam, okay? He came to converse with him, to communicate with him. And it talks about here in the cool of the day, okay, uh, which is referring to really uh, the breath. In fact, the, your cross-reference, you say breath, okay? So in the cool of the day, in other words, every day means a daily thing, but it says in the cool of the day, which means he came to, to speak, to breathe into them on a consistent basis like he does every other day, okay? And of course, now here they are, uh, you know, they're hiding because of what they had done. Their eyes are open. To, now they're seeing, you know, seeing some other things than what they used to see. A uh, whole lot of things shift and change here. And, and like I said, I'm trying not to go in down a, a, you know, a road here to preach all this. I'm just trying to show you that, that in the beginning it was designed for man to communicate with God. That's what it's about. God, in the very beginning, breathed life into him. Okay, literally, the breath of God was breathed into man. Okay, 
and what it was designed every day for God to breathe into you. Now, how did he do that? Through conversing with you, through communicating with you. Amen. Now, that's never changed. All of our patriarchs of faith that, that, you know, they went and did great things were ones that walked with God. Okay, they communed with God, carried on conversation with God. Okay, now keep that in mind. Okay, so with that said, all right, let's go, uh, let's go back to Hebrews 11, please. All right, so Hebrews 11. And I'm going to go to verse 6, Hebrews 11, verse 6. And it says this, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Okay, without faith. Remember now, Enoch had this testimony that he pleased God. Okay, all right, so he, he brought pleasure to God. And it said by faith, in other words, now the reason that it says by faith, because he did it by faith, in other words, with reliance and dependence upon. The reason it brought such satisfaction to God is because he relied on it. He was dependent. Enoch had such a relationship with God that that's why, you know, when it came down to it, here he is, you know, he just said, man, just come on up here. You know, he, he didn't experience death like a maybe a normal human being would experience it, all right? And it because you think about it, it was just down to this. He depended on the daily breath of God to commune with God, all right? So then it goes and it says, like I said in verse 6 here, that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Now, a lot of times, uh, you know, we're reading this and, you know, um, you know, we start thinking about the mechanics of faith, and, and I'm not taking away from all of that, but this really isn't referring to necessarily the mechanics of faith so much as it's referring to just the fundamental principle of faith, and that is reliance upon, dependence, trust. So when you start thinking about what's being said in these two verses here in Hebrews, you know, he's talking about a man who is trusting and relying and depending on the Father saying things to him. His whole life was dependent on what he had to say, dependent on him breathing into him. I'm talking about the Father breathing into Enoch. Okay? And so when you start seeing what's happening here, so it says, for by, uh, it says, without faith, let's see, we read it here. See, without faith, Okay, it is impossible to please him. Now, that, like I said, that can work with any area of your faith, but I think in context, deal more about the principle of it, okay, about your reliance and your dependence. If you want to bring satisfaction to the heart, well, what he wants to know is can you depend on him? Will you depend on him? Will you rely on him? You know, will he have the say in your life? Can he steer you? Can he communicate with you in a way that you're going to receive it? and follow it. That's kind of really what's key. And when you stop and think about maybe just some kingdom principles, I'll tell you right here is a key, and that is a, a daily communion with God, fellowshipping with God, 
having an ear to hear God, moving toward God. Amen. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. But, but anyway, this is, uh, to me, is, is, it's so vital. It's so key. You know, we get as Christians sometimes, we, we get caught up in mundane living sometimes. We, you know, we, we get our, our lives in such a rut, you know, from everything from, you know, how you live life, how you get up and how you, you know, everything from uh, heading to the shower, you get done, you drink your cup of coffee, you head to this, you go here, you do that, you do your job, you get done, you go. It just, life just gets that way. Now, that's normal living, but even our walk in God sometimes can be mundane, get caught in a rut. And I believe Enoch didn't get caught in a rut. I believe every day he lived off the breath of God. He lived off what God had to say. He, he, his day wasn't going to be complete until he had a conversation with the Father. That's, why, that's what made his life a little different. And that's why when I mention some of the other patriarchs of faith, like Abraham, David, Moses, Noah, these are individuals, okay, that also walked with God, conversed with God. Amen. And you see what they did. The, the, the amount of miracles, signs and wonders, the, the, the feats that they did, okay, well, most of that comes out of this daily walk with God. All right? So let's go back and look at this verse again. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who, here we go, comes to God must believe that He is. He who comes to God. So there's that word. It just means to draw near. In fact, the word uh, means to approach, to draw near, to come unto to assent, to worship, uh, to worship, to visit. So all that, all that means is just making movement toward God. So we're talking about, and he says here, okay, it's without faith it's impossible to please, for he who comes, so then he's, he's connecting all this. So he's talking about your faith, you know, without faith, it's impossible to please him. He's saying that, okay, one of those ways that you have to show your faith, okay, now get this, is by our, you know, movement toward Him, right? Your dependence upon Him, your reliance upon Him, okay? You drawing near unto Him, all right? And it says, he who comes to God, here we go, must believe, and the word believe is, a, it's actually pisteo, which comes from that same word faith, pistis, okay, which means then to have faith or uh, commit to trust, to entrust, one's well-being it also means, must believe that He is. Now, this is key, that He is. Okay, what's that mean? Well, it means that He's present. That's what it means, that He remains or exists, live or living, okay, it means, all right, it means literally accessible to touch and fellowship with. That's pretty key, all right? See, most of our patriarchs of faith that went on to do great things, the ones that we all know about, are, that's what they did, see? They saw Him as a God that, was, that they, could, they could approach, that they could literally communicate with, okay? Now, that's no different from, for you and me. The people that, 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 that move forward and do great things in their walk in God are people that understand that He is. 
that He's present. In fact, many of your patriarchs of faith, many of them, Old Covenant, New Covenant, refer to Him as the living God. And that's all it means is a God that's, that, that you can approach. What's that? Accessible, I think is what it said. Accessible to touch and fellowship with. Amen. We're supposed to taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. That means that, that you, you can approach Him. You can communicate. You can actually experience a, a one-on-one, a face-to-face with Him. Amen. And if you're doing this with an understanding as I need the voice of God. I need the breath of God. I need to communicate with my God. I need what He has to say. I need clarity. I need wisdom. I need direction. Amen. I live on what He says, not just the written word. Okay, that's, that's like a whole nother sermon here, okay? See, the written word is really when you break it down, the written word is that which he's already communicated that was recorded for you and me to read. Now, it's living and powerful, and you can take that as, the, as God speaking directly to you. I'm not taking away from any of that. But what I'm talking about today is the living communication day to day, letting God breathe into you. You walk with God. That's what we're dealing with today. And those that come to God must believe that He is, that He is real, that He's alive, able to touch and communicate and fellowship with. This is where a lot of times we we move on in life. I'm telling you, most people, there's a lot of things that people do. So let me me say this. I'm not going to sound like I'm, uh, you know, letting anybody, you know, putting anybody down or anything. That's not my point here with this. But I have found that the people that see God as the living God, one you can approach, that carry on a true living communication with, they're less apt to do certain things because you know God's present. You know, there's certain things you wouldn't say if you knew God was sitting next to you. You wouldn't do if you knew God was in the room. You see what I'm saying? I mean, you wouldn't do it. I mean, the reason I know this is because some of you uh, won't do certain things when I walk in the room. And I'm just, I'm just the pastor, you know. I mean, I'm just, uh, you know, an under-shepherd to the shepherd, you know. But a lot of times people, man, they, they see me. They all of a sudden, they change their conversation. They change what they're doing. They slide the beer behind them. They put the cigarette out. I mean, whatever it is they're doing, okay, they, they change just when I walk in the room, okay. But if you had a living communication, living, breathing, you know, conversation with God because you believe that He is, that He's present, alive, accessible. I mean, if you maintain that on a day-to-day basis, I guarantee you, your life would change if you're not already doing it. I know many of you that are watching and listening, you are, you are doing that, and I appreciate that. So please, don't we're not uh, taking that away uh, from you. Praise God. But there are many folks that are not doing that, okay? And this is what Enoch, this is what he had rolling in his life, moving in his life, okay? Every day, listen now, he had this testimony that he pleased God. And without 
faith, it's impossible. Please, God, see, even when it, a lot of times we take that verse 6 and we have a tendency to kind of put it off on a separate deal and, and use that. And we've all done that because we're talking about faith or the mechanics of faith and understand the importance of faith. And I'm not taking away from any of that. But in context, okay, it's talking about Enoch. Okay, what Enoch had that he's hoping that we all will have, okay, is that personal, intimate, face-to-face -face communion with God. Nothing will replace that. Nothing takes the place of that. You have to have that to really fulfill, to finish, to do, to be. I mean, all those things that, that you know the Word of God even has to say about your life, what you can do, what you can be, and then even the personal things, that, uh, the giftings, callings, anointings in your own life. Nothing takes the place of personal communion with God. We must understand the importance of letting God breathe into us on a day-to-day -day basis. Because you have to understand everything else out there is breathing into you, speaking into you, you know, communicating to you. And it's all trying to pull you every other direction and trying to weigh you down and beat you up. And, you know, that's why this is so important just to have a daily walk with God. Amen. So you get empowered. And there's all kinds of things. We can talk about grace. We could talk about, uh, you, know, uh, you know, identity. We could talk about, uh, you know, his love. And we can go from each, every, every angle there, you know, dealing with this thing, the importance of all of it. But it just breaks down to this. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do today is that it breaks down to just spending time with God. And I mean personal, intimate, face-to-face. Everything you need to succeed in life is in the presence of God. Everything you need. We're talking about, you know, joy forevermore, ple or pleasures forevermore and joy, you know, we're talking about the fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore, it says in Psalm 16. We, we know in Exodus, it talks about, I think it's in Exodus 33, it talks about in the, that in His presence is rest. I mean, sometimes we're all stressed out because we're, if you just spend some time in His presence, you'd feel the rest of God, okay? That's why he talks about, you know, come who are, you know, heavy and, you know, or late, you know overburdened and laden and everything else that says weighing on you. He says, man, come to me and, and I'll give you rest. You know, it's talking about presence, okay? You know, it talks about in Acts, about uh, Acts 3, about, you know, about, you know, the times of refreshment that come from the presence of God. And it goes on to talk about times of restoration come. Okay, all of this is things that happen just by spending time in the presence of God. Years ago, I had a, you know, quite an experience. You know, I heard a lot of ministers always talk about the presence of God. And, um, you know, I'm just trying to serve God and move forward. And, you know, I'm gung-ho about, you know, the Word of God. And, and, you know, I might, you know, had my prayer time or my confessions of faith and certain things I prayed because I could see it by the Word. You had to do all that. But there was still just that one thing, you know, about I just still didn't totally understand when they were talking to me about presence. And I'm thinking, well, huh, you know, so I just, you know, I just didn't totally get it at first, you know. And I know maybe many of you even watching or listening right now, you may be thinking the same thing, you know. I was there. And so I, one day I just kind of, I just started 
I just made a decision. You know, I ain't gonna, I'm not going to move from this spot until I, I know what, what they're talking about here. And I just had one of those, those days, you know, uh, where I just knew in my heart I wasn't going to budge until something here happened, you know. And so, um, now remember, this is what by faith, see, or probably I should say, without faith, it's impossible to please him for those that come to him must believe that he is. Okay, now, this is where this fits. And this is what Enoch did every day. Okay, I was in a place, and some of you have heard my stories, okay, and that's fine. I, I don't mean to bore you with it, but it's just, it's just what happened for me. I had my eyes closed, and I'm just pressing in, and all of a sudden, I got, uh, I could see, you know, by the Spirit, I found myself in a hallway, okay, a long hallway that had doorways, okay, all the way down. And I'm sitting there, and, I, and I, this is all, I'm seeing this. And I knew in my heart I had to go down to the end of the hallway. So I, I saw myself walking down to the end of the hallway, and it's like when I got down there that I knew I had to turn to the right and go through a, that door. I, I, it's like I, I knew I had to do that. And so I opened that door, and when I did, I stepped into what I now know as the presence of God. All right? I'll never forget that. And so I had something happened in me at that moment. It was different than just my normal, you know, making my confessions of faith and, and, and praying over this person and praying over that person, saying the word about this, and, and all that's necessary and all that's wonderful, all right? I'm not taking away from any of that. Please, don't, don't look at I'm like I'm, you know, uh, raining on your parade here a little bit. I'm just telling you, there's, there is a thing called presence. So I, it changed my life. The next day, you know, I just, so I didn't know what else to do. I just, man, I put myself in that plate. Next thing I know, I found myself in that same hallway, man, run down the end of the hallway, go through the door again. And, and that's what I did the first, uh, you know, couple times after that. And pretty soon, I recognized I don't need to go down the hallway anymore. I just go right into the presence of God, okay? So, but it was the way the Lord showed me, okay? But I recognized then, and I have from, from ever since, presence is key. And to me, that's what Enoch experienced, all right? It's what David, Abraham, Moses experienced. It's what Paul, Peter, John experienced, all right? All these are patriarchs of faith who refer to God as the living God because those that come to God, those that draw near to God, must believe that He is, that He's present, that He's alive, all right? It changes your life. All of a sudden, the things you used to have, uh, you strained with or struggled with or tripped up on, uh, all of a sudden, that stuff goes by the wayside. It's like it changes you, all right? And maybe enough said about that for me, but I'm just trying to show you here that this is all, uh, you know, is what's so key here about this text here, all right? All right. Uh, let's see here. Let's uh, back to verse 6 again. But without faith, it's impossible to please Him, all right? For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is, here we go, a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. All right? Let's see here. All right. Let's see. I think what I want to do here, um, yeah, let's just go ahead and do that. Let's go ahead and define this. I'm kind of maybe getting a little ahead of myself, but I think this will work here. All right. So rewarder, what does that mean? So God is a rewarder. It says you must believe that He is. In fact, um, the interlinear 
translation on that little piece right there says this, to believe is approaching the God that is. So if you're going to say you're a believer, then, then what does that mean? Well, it means you, if, you're, if you believe, then you would approach the God that is. You believe, right? That's what that says. Now listen, but it says believe, believe that He is and, that's the part I was going to get, and what? In other words, believe that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Okay, so let's define it, rewarder. That means to award or compensate or recompense. Uh, numerator is another word it uses, uh, but it just means good at keeping count. So the God, God knows what's going on. God knows the heart. God knows what you're doing. God knows what you ain't doing. Okay, not proper English, but you get the point. All right, so God knows. And it says though He's a rewarder of those who, those who diligently seek Him. And actually, this is a word that's actually one word in, in the Greek. Okay. But it means to crave, so to diligently seek. I'm craving God, inquiring of God, to search out diligently. Now listen, okay, to frequent often. In other words, making movement toward and, and do it on a consistent basis. The word diligence, maybe I should just define that a little bit, because when it says to search out diligently, so what does that mean? Well, diligence means with determination, okay, aggressive effort. It means sustained and steady application towards something. If you kind of break diligence down, it's kind of like, it's like follow through. In other words, you're going to do whatever it takes to get to the end, doing this thing right, right? All right. Diligence many times is defined as an inward motivation. Some of your studies on it, you'll find teachings about that, and they'll refer to as an inward motivation, okay? So... What this diligently seeking is talking about an inward, pardon me, an inward motivation producing forward movement and doing whatever it takes to do it. See, what happened that day for me in prayer, which is what I believe happened to all the patriarchs of faith uh, that, that, that walked with God and referred to Him as the living God, somewhere along the line in their walk, they got to the place where they, nothing else mattered but spending time with God. Nothing else matters but me communicating, me hearing, and, and, and letting Him breathe into me, and letting Him breathe into you or breathe into them or whatever. So the point I'm trying to say is they all came to that place. Now, He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Okay, you, know, you, you stop thinking about a rewarder of what? Well, what does that mean? Okay. Uh, what's he going to reward? I mean, what, what does that mean? Okay, well, we know a lot of times when you look at the word seek, there's certain key verses that might come up. You know, there might be like uh, uh, Matthew 7 might talk about, you know, uh, you know, it talks about uh, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, right? So if you seek, you find things, okay? Uh, Matthew 6 brings out um, seek first the kingdom of God and then what? All these other things. And then in context, talking about all the things the the Gentiles are seeking, you know, all those things will come unto you, all right? So if you seek God, all these other things then start coming toward you, all right? Um, seeking, I, I think about even, it says, you know, to, to draw, so seeking, diligently seeking, in other words, to go towards or move towards. Think about James 4, and it talks about if you draw near to God, what happens? He draws near to you. Now, the reason I mention all these is because you think about, Okay, if he's going to reward those that diligently seek him, so what, what does that start spelling out? Okay, 
So you got to believe that he is, that he's present, and then you got to believe he's a rewarder. Okay? So you start thinking about, you know, sometimes we generalize it, and we maybe, you know, maybe um, subconsciously or something, we start thinking, well, you know, God's good, and so, you know, all the good things that God does. If you just seek God, all these good things. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's, we're not taken away from that. But I believe that these two verses are, are talking about Enoch. Okay, so what happened to Enoch? See, Enoch received something. He was rewarded for his diligent seeking or searching of God. He, uh, the word says, he pleased God. See, by faith, he pleased God. Well, what did he do? Well, he, he made movement toward God, and as a result of it, what happened? Well, now you got to go back to verse 5 again, where this whole thing started, all right? Because by faith, it says, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. And as we read there in Genesis 5, okay, so, you know, he communicated with God for, you know, over 300 years. Okay, had sons and daughters, it said, had a family. Okay, he probably had work to do, things he tended to, things that he was responsible for, things that he, uh, you know, he, he was accountable to take care of and do. And, you know, we're just saying about he had, he had things to do just like you and me, but yet somewhere along the line, every day he made a decision to communicate with God, and after 300-plus years of that, God just says, you know what? Come on up here. Now you say, well, what's that mean? Well, think about it in the light of you and me, okay? If we will just communicate with Him, think about what He will raise you up out of. He says He didn't experience death. What does that mean? Well, to see death is what is actually one, uh, you know, it brings out to perceive it or experience death, but it says uh, literally and figuratively. So what does that mean? Well, you know, what he had, literal, he didn't experience death, okay? But they're saying here for this ver word here, it means literal and figurative, figuratively. Did I say that right? It's kind of like I stumbled over that. But literally or figuratively. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, that means, okay, anything that wraps around death, ruin, destruction, uh, uh, curse, all this stuff wrapped around death. So if we, that's what I'm saying, this is the reward. If we will communicate, move toward Him, rely on Him, depend on Him, trust in Him, depend on that breath, depend on that, the voice of God, the Word says He will lift you up, and you won't experience that mess. Now, to me, this speaks to every day. There are things that you can avoid if you will just communicate with God. Let me see. I think I've had a definition here. This word, taken, taken away, by, in verse uh, 5, taken, it's actually used twice. 
So by faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. Okay, the same word, okay? But it means to translate, okay? To translate, okay? So he was translated, okay, from this realm to that realm. He was translated out of the physical realm into the unseen realm, okay? Now hang on. It means to transfer, transport, or to carry over. It means to exchange or to change, to turn something or remove something. That's what all wraps up in that word taken away. So he was translated out of this seen realm into an unseen realm. He was translated out of, you know, something into something else that he did not experience this negative, the curse, death, ruin, despair, okay, destruction. It's all wrapped up in that, okay? Now, he physically did not experience death because he was taken with him. Now, you, that, for you and me, okay, that, re, that same reward is there. You think about what you could be, could exchange, turn from, translated from. You think about just the time spent with God where you can step out of this realm, even if it's just for a few moments, because that's exactly what begins to happen when you spend time with Him, when you walk with God. It's like you get translated out of this realm into the realm of light, the kingdom of light, the realm of, of, of heaven itself. And man, I tell you, we've spent many times talking about sermons in different ways that you can, uh, literally the word talks about portals, that you can, uh, you can go from this place to that place. Okay, it's, it's there. Okay. And you think about how the unseen realm works. Okay, I'm not trying to, you know, you know, be be weird with y'all. I'm just trying to tell you, it's amazing how much stuff you can, how much stuff you can be, uh, you can avoid, how much evil, negative, destructive things that come to ruin your life that you could be, you can literally be steered clear of, just by time spent with God. In those few moments. Okay, in the presence of God, can all of a sudden bring life, literally bring life to your mortal body, can energize your physical body. A, a few moments in the presence of God can bring joy in the midst of, of things that are trying to steal your joy. In a few moments, you could be restored just by spending time with Him, times of refreshment times of restoration, all these things come from the presence of God. Now, to me, and I hope you're hearing this, and I don't mean to bore you with all this. It's just, to me, this is so key. I believe that verse 5 and verse 6 here of Hebrews 11 is talking about Enoch, but it says what, this is what's available to you and me. See, you got to believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. In other words, if you will move toward him, you have to understand there's a reward for it. And it's not talking necessarily about some sweet by and by, okay? And praise God for all that. I'm not making light of that. 
Okay, but I, I, I might need answers right now. I might need wisdom right now. I might need the counsel of God right now. I need the breath of God concerns. I need, uh, you, know, I, uh, you, know, uh, you know, I'm overwhelmed or feel stressed trying to come on. So I need to, I need to enter into the rest of God, you know, at this. And, I, you know, it's amazing with just a few moments in the presence of God, how it can change you mentally, physically, emotionally, how it can bring change. I literally have had revelations, insights, where God shows you things on how to do this, handle that, say here, what not to say, how to do, what not to do, can show you uh, what to get involved with, what not to get involved with, can show you what contract to sign or not sign, can show you what to get involved, you know, what to, uh, what program to do, what not to do. It just, it's just, God will walk you through everything. And I know this, for the most part, those that, uh, you know, you've listened to me for any length of time, uh, these are things we've touched on and talked about. Uh, I just can't say it enough. Uh, to me, that's what Enoch uh, represents, is a man that walked with God on such, he got so dependent on the voice of God, on the breath of God, that God just said, why don't you just come on up here, buddy? I mean, I, I don't know how it all went down, but that's kind of how it looks and reads. And so I think about, you know, what's promised to us. What's, re, what's the reward for us to do the same thing? Well, you know, one day we're really not going to experience, because we know Jesus, we're not going to experience death. Okay, we're just, you know, to be absent from the body means to be present with the Lord. But, but it's, it's not just that someday. Now it's, it's all the things you deal with every day. Because, you know, the enemy, the, you know, the... Uh, everything wrapped around the, the curse, death, ruin, destruction, is all trying every day to try, to try to squeeze into your life here and there, trying to dominate and dictate. And, uh, you know, the presence of God is what keeps you clear of that mess. You know, we even know, you, know, you read Psalms 91 about the, the divine protection of God. We call it a, a, a psalm of protection. But, you know, if you, if you go back and you meditate, you can't, you can't get past the fact that the first verse it's talking about is spending time in presence, spending time, you know, in, his, you know, in that secret place with Him. That's what it's talking about. So it goes on then to say that only He'll steer you from the snare of the fowler is one of the statements it makes, okay? You don't have to fear this by day, that by night, this going on, that going on. You don't have to fear any of that because... You spent time with him, and now all of a sudden he's given you clarity and where to go, how to do it, what not to do. It's just phenomenal. To be honest, I don't know how any of us make it without, you know, that time spent with him. And really, to be honest, um, if you got honest anyway, uh, if you're not doing that, see, you're probably experiencing things that, you know, that you wish you weren't and things that maybe you could avoid if you had time with God. Again, I don't say it to condemn anybody. It's just that, you know, here we are, children of God, children of light. We operate out of a different realm, a different kingdom. Where it says we're just, we're aliens here, okay? We became a new creation in Christ by making Him Lord. But then what it is, we're, we're no longer a part of this. We're in the world, but we're not of the world, it says. Well, what happens is if we don't spend time, we don't do this thing right, then even though we're not supposed to be of the world. We still end up finding ourselves of it. 
And pretty soon we're, we're, we're making no different decisions than the people in the world. Even though we got the greater one on the inside. And even though we're one day going to make heaven our home. So I encourage you. Be a one that communes with God, fellowships with God. Enter into that presence. Learn to carry on conversations with God. He's your friend. He's your Lord. He's your source. <laughs> you know, uh, you know he's, uh, he's not just a truth. He's the truth. He's not just a way. You know, he's the way. You know, he's not a source. He's the source. He's not, you know, an answer. He's the answer. I mean, you know, and when you start looking at that, and that's, I believe, what happened with Enoch. He, by faith, he relied on that. He was dependent on that. He trusted in that. And that's what God's asking of you and me. Hope you got something today. Father, I give you praise and glory once again. Thank you for your word. Thank you for these principles. Thank you for a people of God that look to you as their source, as their answers, uh, that they're looking to you, Lord, to, to draw uh, from your breath, praise God, your voice, to, to be led by you. Uh, to walk with you and commune with you. Hallelujah. And I believe with all my heart, Lord God, hallelujah, that this is a people, praise God, that will do just that. Forgive us for the times that we maybe did not do that. Or maybe for the times maybe we just got caught in a rut and, and, and didn't uh, take this serious enough. But Lord, I know you're faithful and just to forgive. We receive that. We give you thanks for that. And we choose to move forward, praise God, leaning on you, trusting in you, hallelujah, letting you breathe into us, hallelujah, speak into us, praise God. And for that, we give you praise in Jesus' name, amen. I call you blessed. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.